Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The 30 Thrive. We hope you are well as ever. Annette, how are you today? We are fantastic. Just, we're fantastic. Like this, mm. this next bit is going to be fire. <laughs> fire for them. Fire. <laughs> so much so that we're not even going to dilly dally. We're just going to get straight into part two. So, um, the first part of you know the conclusion of our money series we're talking about home ownership um and in the first part we were talking about you know our journeys what to, towards home ownership and what it's looked like and now we're going to kind of carry on from that perspective from my point of view where i'm looking to get on the housing ladder and from a next point of view what it looks like from where she is now yeah exactly i think we sort of finished the last episode with so much to say so for those who are listening to this one it's probably because you heard the previous one and you're still interested so that's all good um and I just hope that you know you can get some some nuggets some golden nuggets out of this particular um part of the money series because we're going to go into a little bit more detail hence uh the need for not doing an intro this time we are literally gonna get into it so um where we sort of left off on the last um episode is we were talking about shared ownership um potentially where where you know where that's led somebody like me to where I am in uh you know current day and also also what you know people's perceptions of shared ownership was and I think that's a real important point and that we probably didn't talk about a lot but yeah the perception the perception of all of these what they would call you know make me step on the property ladder schemes that the Mm. government they come out with a lot though Sash like I turn around and I'm hearing a new there's another one there's a something else and they all sound the same it's like share to buy buy to help buy to rent uh, all these I've lost track you know I don't blame you <laughs> it's quite it's quite something to try and keep up with um but for now I think the main avenue streams to get onto the property ladder if you're uh, starting out our shared ownership which is where you buy a percentage of your home which means that say the full value was 300,000 of a home and you were going to buy 50%, which would be 150,000, you would have to get a mortgage only for 150,000 rather than 300,000. You would then pay rent and service charge on the remaining 50% that you don't own. Uh, So with shared ownership, you have the option to what they call staircase. So Mm -hmm. you can buy additional chunks of your home up to 100%. It does depend on where you have purchased as to whether you will be able to fully buy the Mm. whole amount. Um, But there's certain things to kind of bear in mind with shared ownership. So if you firstly, you may only be able to staircase at certain parts at certain times, um, like maybe once every year, once every two or three years. It will also depend on the value of the home at that time you were looking to staircase. So it won't be based on the same amount that it cost you when you bought your property. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing to consider is if it's just a stopgap for you, you potentially may not want to buy the full home outright. And the reason we say that is because these 
these homes were designed as people's first step onto the ladder. And when you're going to sell it, you have to give your housing provider six weeks to sell the property before it goes into the open market. And whoever buys your property has to be able to afford your share. So if you buy 50% and then you staircase and buy another 25, when you go to sell it, you need to find someone who can afford to buy 75% of that home. Now, given the demographic that it's for, you might be making your pool smaller. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what? You've hit a nail on the head on that. Um, that's, that's, that's something that people don't think about. So for me, it's either, it's either or it's yes. either you stay at what it's all you or nothing it at, sort of thing, yeah. or you staircase a hundred percent and you own a property. Absolutely. But, but I feel like a lot of the properties and I, I never staircased a hundred percent or I didn't staircase at all because I felt that also the type of properties that you're buying, I don't, for me, it's not really, I don't really want to be owning like a shared ownership property. They, they're mm. flats that are built pretty quickly. Absolutely. I don't have much longevity to them. Their nope. leases, you know, it, it depends what type of person you are. But don't forget, like, where you don't own a freehold and it's a leasehold, yes. you, you have to take all of that into account. So although you own the flat, you know, who's you to say? You don't own the ground that it's on. No, you yeah. don't. You don't, and you're still really tied to something, one landlord that owns the property. Like, where is so, you know, it's it, it's good for some people, but um, yeah, you know, if you're staircasing, you also got to find that extra funds to staircase. And for some people, you might actually just want to put that towards something else. So then the other option is help to buy. Now, this is newer. I think it's come in since 2013. And um, it was just last year I was paying attention to what the headlines were saying because the first group of people who had now come up to the five-year mark um, were starting to experience the the end of the interest-free period. So I'll explain it a bit more, what I know of it. Um, help to buy means that depending on where you're purchasing your property, you can get a government equity loan of 20 or 40% in London. And they will give you 40% of the value of the home you're buying, say in London. So then again, you would only have to find a smaller mortgage of uh, 60%, excluding your deposit. So your deposit can be as little as 5% with those properties. Generally, as is the kind of standard with any home, you should try and build the biggest deposit that you can. Um, so if you could get 10, 15, 20, then do it. But the minimum is five. And then you have five years um, interest free period um, uh, on the equity loan that the government gives you uh, before various RPI and like yeah. tax and fees and whatever build in. And so with that one, what I'd say the thing that you need to be wary of is if you're going to stay there past the five year mark, I'd say that you need to have a plan like, OK, I'm starting and I'm in this role in my job, um, me and my partner, whatever. We're planning that we're going to work up and change roles. So we're going to be earning X so that we can afford when those interest 
amounts come in you've got to kind of have that forward view or you've got to be like you know what by time it's the fourth year we're kicking out because we don't want to we don't want to pay those that interest um I think you do have to have that forward vision with it you also have to be aware that if the house the whole reason you're getting the loan from the government is an investment for them. If your home goes up in value, they're not just going to take the 40% that they back that they gave you. They're taking back 40% of the new value of the home. Um, so that's something that you have to bear in mind. Uh, at the same time, if the property actually decreases in value, you still owe them the 40%, the amount that they gave you when you took the loan. So there's just a few things that you have to bear in mind um, with help to buy, with shared ownership, with, with all of them. But what do you think about that in just in terms of the loan aspect to help to buy? You've got to be very careful. You've got to be very sure of what you're doing. I've got a friend who bought a property outside of London. So he did it with a 20 percent loan uh, about five years ago and he sold it just after the four-year mark so he didn't accrue any interest he's just bought another bigger home with uh help to buy again um this time I think taking up to 40 percent but he's he's an accountant he's very astute I just think you've got to be quite sure of what you're doing I do think though that with a lot of these homes and it's been it's started to come out in the news and they're saying it it means that the housing providers and the developers adds a version adds some sort of lifestyle inflation they don't need to kind of mm. cut corners because they know that there's a certain amount of money that they're promised from the from the government so because of that they can overinflate the prices and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they have been and it also has come to show that the thing we've helped to buy it hasn't actually necessarily helped the people that it's been meant to to help because firstly with shared ownership in London I don't know outside of London but in London you can only earn up to 90 90,000 80,000 something like that between you there's I don't think there's an upper limit with how much you can earn with help to buy um the help to buy scheme additionally you don't have to be a first-time buyer that is ending in 2021 but currently you don't have to be a first-time buyer to do help to buy and they found that a lot of the people who have utilized help to buy didn't actually need it they could have afforded a home in london but i think it encourages yeah it encourages you to kind of potentially live beyond your means because if i can get help to buy house in zone two why am i going to buy a home in zone five well this is i've had that exact experience so moving on from just buying like the shared ownership i decided to sort of sell up and move out of London and buy like a proper full full mortgage so no no sort of shared or shared ownership type thing now funnily enough they were like so you can go with shared ownership and if you want you can you can afford up to like a 650 grand property I was like what but just go with yeah go with help to buy and you can afford this but I'm like but we've got enough money to do yeah like just an outright mortgage yeah but they, they were proper saying just go with it but buy, buy the bigger property don't you want this five bedroom house don't you want blah 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 and I'm just like rah these people are just throwing throwing out money like this mm. and so like 
you think about it, you sit down and you you deep mm. it, you think, but what do I need with this big, big, big ass mortgage when mm-hmm. I've told you I've really got the money? And he was like, you know what, just, just, this is the mortgage um, advisor, just look into it and this is this is potentially what you could get. So you, you're entitled to up to 650000 on a property and this is what you could get. And you only have to put down X amount of money. Mm. And I, 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 was, I said, okay, I'll think about it. But I came off the phone and I was like, this is a joke. <laughs> I'm telling you I've got the money to buy a standard, decent property. You're telling me, no, go and take a government loan plus a mortgage for what? Mm. for what yeah I I really didn't get that you know Mm. see what my main thing is when looking at it and I haven't actually been able to figure it out yet is I don't know if you need to take the full loan obviously they would encourage you to because it's in their benefit for you to but if I only needed 15% would they try and force 40 on me I have no idea I cut Mm. that rope ASAP Mm. and I think the way that they're trying to sell it is that oh but then you'll own all of the property even though technically you won't because essentially to me it's just like shared ownership you Mm. have a stake and somebody else has a stake someone else is still have a stake and that's that's the thing when you sell it on that people are getting their money like it's you know you 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 still got somebody else that's playing a part in this you know Mm. you still got somebody else that has some stake in your property if it all doesn't go well but you know it's again people living outside their means and I I know a lot of people there's quite a few people on my road Mm. uh, that have done that and Mm. um, they're not coming up to the five years yet but they're thinking about what to do when the five years comes and I'm just like I don't even need that stress in my life like I don't need that right now you know, five years is not a long time to be in a property to think, oh, do I have to sell up again and move up? Or can I afford what the extra, you know, what the extra loan amount? Because it's a loan amount that you're now going to be paying back, isn't it? Mm. I really think it depends on what your priorities and your plans are. And you literally need to have a five-year plan and a backup plan, I would say. But I'm telling you, most people that. within five years, yeah. uh, if you're moving in with a partner what comes next usually babies babies yeah and so actually if you've not sat down and you've not planned that actually we want to have a couple of kids in the next five years because you know that's what makes sense your income and to pay Uh and we spoke about those nursery fees if you've got two young children and you're paying out 1,300 or whatever it is towards nursery, you definitely don't start, you know, thinking about, oh, do we have that extra income? And you probably may not, you know, everyone's situation is different. But, you know, not that I'm, I, I, I can never be against something that helps people on. But again, just do your research. Sometimes don't listen to what all of these, even the mortgage advisors will try and pull a fast one and get you to get something that actually it doesn't make sense for your pocket it's something that you know me and my partner we're 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 considering we're considering all of our options at the moment um and I thought a couple of useful resources for people um if you're even if it's an inkling in your mind um that I can share that we're using um so there's a website called commute from because both of us Mm -hmm. work in London and we will continue to work in London. 
Um, and this website I love because you can essentially um, say, I only want to be 90 minutes from my office and you can put in the postcode of your office and you can put in the maximum amount that you'll be able to afford in terms of properties and it will literally pinpoint on a map all of the places that fall within that 90 minute journey to help you kind of narrow down your search um I thought that think that's really useful because especially for me and my partner we don't actually mind where we live um Mm. and that's actually proven to be quite challenging because when you've got all the options you kind of make no choice like every when everything's an option it's really really difficult um and then there's another website called it's part of right move and I think it's called something like where can I live and again what you can do is you can plot on it to to say up to three different addresses how far you want to be from them by whichever mode of transport and again it will kind of pinpoint and triangulate areas where you could live so for me and my partner he's always been born and bred in like south london my parents used to live in north london but they've moved outside of london now into bedfordshire and so we're kind of grappling with okay well no matter regardless of where we want to live we also only want to be x you know distance from my parents and x distance from your parents so it's just trying to figure all of that out and then within that what can we afford yeah it's it's difficult like the challenges of knowing what's the next right step to make but I I I would always say to people don't overcomplicate it like at the end of the day and also take people out of the mix I know it's like oh I want to be close to my mum I want to be close to my mum at the end of the day you need to start your life and you need to start not gonna lie though I am only thinking about it selfishly in terms of childcare. Um, the funny the funny thing is every every everyone thinks about that in terms of childcare, but you would have to you would have to literally live next to them mm. because it I think if you think about if you're thinking about childcare, it's either that you're you're still gonna have to do the day to day dropping them at school and blah 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 because or you have to live right next to them like to be honest I think there's only so much thinking and planning and whatever you can do yeah. eventually whatever you decide you'll just make it work in it whatever you decide it's not gonna it's not gonna suit everyone or every uh, eventuality or situation that you're currently in but it's all about just making a uniform decision like you see all right it's if we don't want to be within x distance away from London these are all the areas you sort of start from there but you know the thing the thing is is that London is obviously the epicenter but Mm -hmm. the and if you base everything around London it's good but all of those surrounding counties they're now like London prices Mm. so where before you was like oh yeah you know we moved to Essex oh yeah we moved to Hertfordshire whatever they're all London prices now and it's you know so you have to either go to the next county or you just mm-hmm. have to suck it up and just say well I'm gonna I'm gonna pay I'm gonna pay yeah, what pay that. the money yeah because yeah. that's the thing that we were looking at we've got a friend who's moved to Kent and I think his season ticket for the fast train is six and a half grand a year or something like what? that yeah so while you get the benefits of like cheaper living out there it just comes off something else shock silence from Annette no this is a problem man and that's going up what one two three percent every year that is a big problem six Mm. and a half grand yeah where's it come from Kent 
he's going to be coming from Ashford, yeah. And so you can get the slower train for cheaper, but it's like an extra hour on your journey. You can get to King's Cross in 30, you've saying something like 37 minutes if you mm-hmm. do the high-speed train. Mm. All of those things that, yeah, you, you have to think about them and look at. Anyway. Mm. This is the part I feel like mm. where I'm now going to sit quietly and take notes and really listen to this part of the podcast over and over and over again because I what I feel like I'm going to I feel like I'm going to be handing the floor over to you because in this second part I know that we want to talk about what happens after shared ownership yeah. and talking about you know costs deposit next move stamp duty fees mm. um because those things look slightly different when you're moving on from property 1 to property yeah. 2 um, and, and then, it's, it's a whole different ball game. Mm, mm. So this is why me, I'm just going to sit down and sh- shut up and listen to you. Because I, I also know that you want to <laughs> touch on overpaying your mortgage. So I'm just going to hand yeah. this over to you. Listen, listen, <laughs> and listen well. Um, so yeah, that's a sort of on the last episode, we've sort of ended. So I decided to, yeah, we decided to move up. We had the the money. And, you know, I, I funnily enough, I wasn't even thinking about I wasn't even thinking about how, if or how the house may have risen in um, value and whether that even meant anything to me. Not that I was being dumb, but I always went on the basis that I'm going to save my money because I need to save my money and I I need to not rely on property because property is up and down. You know, you know how it is. So I'll be truthful and open and, and as open and honest as I can be because I don't believe what pisses me off when I I'm either online or I hear people talking about stuff is people don't give you specifics they don't give you figures they don't give you details that will actually make you think about you know how how big you know buying property could be for you so we'll, we'll get into that so I bought that property for what 160 100 no 160,000 yeah no it was yeah it was worth 160,000 and I had like 45% or whatever mm-hmm. so as I said it was in the middle of that that whole financial crisis or not even the middle just getting to the end so I think mm-hmm. we sort of came out of the financial crisis in like someone's gonna correct me but I think a couple of years after I bought it so that was 2008 I say 2010 we started coming out of it mm-hmm. um and so, you know, buying that property at the time, I don't even remember if I realised that it was cheap. I didn't really know about stuff, but yeah, you know, obviously, 2019 versus you ain't gonna find nothing a two bedroom flat for 160,000. You're never gonna find that. It doesn't exist anymore. Mm. Um, so I just let you know I lived in that that flat for eight years, and I was just like, actually, this is my flat. I never thought about. I knew I always wanted to move outside London. I don't think mm. you've probably heard me time and time again back in the days. Like, I, I don't want to bring up children in yes. London. Yeah. Mm. If there's anything I can do in my life and if there's any, you know, great decisions that I can make for my children, the first one would be to get them out of London mm. for obvious reasons. Mm. So um, get into, I think, yeah, after a couple of kids and stuff, I remember I had a bit of a, you know, sometimes you have that bit of um, a situation that makes you really just want to do a 360. 
so my youngest son was really like poorly as a as a baby and a child and stuff and I remember he was in he was in hospital for quite a while in intensive care and I said nah like after this he we we there must be something better And I remember one of the days that I'd spent like hours and hours in hospital with this boy just sitting by his side. And I decided to, you know, go home, have a wash and maybe stay at home for the night and then come back in the morning. Mm. And I must have got like a message through on my phone. You know, sometimes you just sign up for stuff online. Like, Mm, yeah, yeah, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And they just send you messages. Hey, we got this property in blah 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 it's now going for x amount Mm -mm. and that came onto my phone and I said you know what I'm gonna go I'm gonna go like randomly like I hadn't I wasn't even in viewing mode I wasn't looking for a property I wasn't I just Mm. said let me go yeah Mm. and it was that leap of faith so the house was in Bedfordshire Mm. um and I said yeah I'm gonna go and do it so I called up my husband I was like you free now and he was like yeah you're not coming home I was like nah he's like let me come so we went to go and see the property went to see the area outside London Bedfordshire and I said boy this is it I just knew I was like this is it we got a house and that's it you knew yeah no I just uh, when I'm sure I'm sure about something Mm. I just know My, my brain tells me yeah this is it Mm. And so from then we just started the process and then obviously as I said he you know my husband had already saved some money I had some money so went to our previous mortgage advisors and said listen mm-hmm. we're looking to sell up this property um so it, it was the initial I would always go back to initial solicitors that helped you buy the property okay interesting um, because they have all your documents they have everything legally they have everything oh, under gdpr yes um i think it's like eight years six or eight years don't don't quote me that they have to keep the your documents, documents. Oh, yeah okay. but they had they had everything mm. so it just made it so much easier mm. so she was like yeah i've got everything you know just tell me what it is that you want to do and i said we want to sell up so Point number one is when you're looking to sell up, regardless mm-hmm. if it's shared ownership, full mortgage, whatever it is, you've obviously got to get the surveyors in yep. to revalue the property. Mm-hmm. Um, so they came in, did it all, and it was like, yeah, they was like, yeah, your house is worth like over double than it was before. And I was like, how is that possible? No one ain't done nothing to this dry house. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, that was all good. So I was like, okay, that sounds good. And then the thing with shared ownership, they take... So, you know, the housing, guys, and this is where a lot of the bone of contention was when it came to, you know, why you shouldn't go with shared ownership because when you go to sell it, you don't get people... You know, people saying you don't get your money back and it doesn't... A lot of shared ownership properties don't sell. Um, My response to that is that's bullshit. Mm. That's bullshit depending on where you bought your property if you're buying your property mm. inside london there's mm. no way on god's green earth trust me that they will is not snap going it to up. sell snap it up mate so Absolutely. all this rubbish about it's been on a market the property was on the market for a week i had people coming in and out my house begging me to hold it for them 
Wow. And not let anybody come in. Like first two people, they were just like, nah. Like, please, can you? I'm like, this is not my decision. So it's all, it's all arranged by the house wow. guys. Yeah. Yeah. So they then, so when the people come to visit, mm-hmm. they let a load of people come and visit. When they come and visit, then they do like the mortgage affordability test behind closed doors with them. Mm-hmm. And they pick who's who's suitable to buy your property. Right. Okay. Yeah, so it's not you having to really do anything. So no, yeah, I can't remember. Like this is one information that I can't remember. But they take a percentage, um, like for a fee. That. Yeah. yeah, they do. Me, I've looked into that. It's at first when I looked into it, I got vexed because I was like, "What do you mean? What's this thing that they're gonna?" It's, it's. I don't think it's actually that much. Essentially, it works out like the same as if you went to an estate agent exactly they take that kind but of everyone fear. gassing 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 oh they take money but what are you paying um what are you paying estate agents yeah it's like somewhere between one and three percent they can ask for i'm sure uh it was a 1.25 percent that mm-hmm. rings a bell something like that mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, you don't you don't even actually have to give them the money. This is the joke thing. Selling is different mm-hmm. than buying. Buying, you need to have a lot of money up front. So if yes. it's, it's fees, you've got to have the money for this. You got when you're selling, it all comes off of the sell. Okay. So you if you've got loads of equity, if you've got money in there and they're saying, listen, you're gonna get two hundred thousand pounds in your account after this. I don't actually see any of no. the money. Yeah. And everyone's happy to wait until that exchange yeah. goes through and then take their piece. Yeah, because it's it's a given, isn't it? Like, yes. you've got people Guaranteed. queuing up to buy your property. Yeah. How will you not get your money? Mm. You know, so really, I didn't put down nothing. I don't remember even putting down, honestly, a penny. Mm. You just, you, you do it all within the cell. It's all wrapped up within a cell um and so you all you have to really do is do your homework about actually so with all these fees all the solicitors fees all the housing fees the all of that what am I left with Mm. and then so at the end of that you'll realize boy I'm left with some hefty peas like honestly Sasha I'd never seen money like that in my life and I still haven't because I never actually physically saw it as such yeah yeah it yeah, came yeah. into my account at the and end. And it left real quick. <laughs> we left fast, fast. <laughs> left you're like, fast, was it even fast. by the time you blink, you're like, oh, wait, hang on. Did I dream? Like, what? <laughs> Mate. And I was like, let me go and buy six Range Rovers just now. Like, oh my God, because I can. Because spray I can. Money, spray money. <laughs> spray money. And then you flick the water in your, and you wake up and you're like, you know what? Let me just do the right thing. <laughs> so. <laughs> So then obviously you can, you then have, you know, if, if, if your property does go up in value like that, where you've got decent amount of money, and I, I would, I would say that this conversation is more relative to London house prices and, and selling rather than anywhere else, because the amount of, the amount of equity that you get out of selling a, a house in London, if you've had it for a while is just crazy. Um, and so I said, boom, I'm going to sp- spend a big portion 70 like 70 75 percent of the money I've made I'm going to put it down as a deposit on a proper full mortgage um and yeah you can do that and like you literally uh, the the way the house doubled in price is with the the way I decided to double the property in price like I had a two-bedroom flat I went for a four-bedroom house and you can because you've got that money 
but it's you know as I said about how you do it you you know I could have turned around Sasha and said you know what let me do this help to buy and then keep all this cash and go and buy cars or do whatever I want to this is where the common sense stick comes in Mm. you could really be frivolous with your money because I was very anti help to buy um Mm. for a very long time I was like no what's the point I was like you know with the amount that me and you are earning we we can get this and it will be this far out but I don't know now we're kind of we're still not sure like I was saying before where we want to live um but I do think if my questions are answered about how much help to buy would I have to take we Mm. might potentially look at staying in London because we really like it and we like where we are Um, Mm. but you've just got to decide what's right for you I think Um, it's always what is right for you and you can't look at somebody so people might be listening now and be like oh she did this let me try it you you won't succeed because I did mine way before yeah do you know what I mean it's a different time it's a different Very time different. now yeah, yeah, yeah. um and you have to do what's right for you and as you said if 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 you're someone that likes living in London live in London Joe. it's not by force live yeah. in London enjoy it um but just make sure that you can afford what it is that you're paying for mm. that's that's my main thing that's my main thing I've I've often heard since I've started looking into all of this have you heard of the people who well, I don't know what kind of money they're making. They try and um, kind of buy a property and manage all of the outgoings based on one person's income. Yeah. Without taking the second person's into consideration. I think that's quite an American thing, to be honest. I don't know if the same can be applied it's, over yeah. here. But I do think there is something to not stretching yourself from going to your max 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 absolutely do you know that is the main thing that causes people to stress I always and since this is since I've had kids my whole thing is if and I use the word if if my partner was to go and that might be god forbid something happens to him or god forbid you know the marriage breaks up god forbid any of that can I can I afford this mortgage on my own yeah 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 that's my I, personal test and so I tell you what that has been a thing since since mortgages became a thing because if my going back to my my granddad if he hadn't have paid off the mortgage before he died mm. my nan would have been in problems mate because she this was the time when you know women were largely homemakers she'd never worked a day in her life um mm. and luckily she she did obviously have to take a job because she had four kids to support but it wasn't paying a mortgage it was it was you know managing the family and that they've got clothes to wear and food to eat that kind of stuff but there was a a a very heavy stress that was just not on her shoulders because of that but I think it is something that people have got to think of because especially in this kind of day and age that we we live in these days with like careers and how we choose to manage them and stuff like that and and you know redundancies and the things that we're seeing on in retail and in the high street you've you can't always rely on and imagine that your wage is always going to be there at the end of every month honestly and you know this is how people get into bankruptcy or get into debt problems is that actually you know 
I, I I also not just if someone passes away or if somebody um it's also if somebody for example gets sick that's what I was gonna say yeah yeah if one of you gets sick then what how how, how is the mortgage being paid mm. and if you haven't thought about that one that's 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 where the gap is and I think when, when you actually go on sorry I was just gonna ask you coming back to podcast previous where you said you spoke to the financial advisor did they ask you any questions around this yeah man <laughs> I was just interested to know yeah, yeah. Uh, I was wondering if it was if it was a topic that they touched on mm. yeah, yeah yeah this is it's probably one of the biggest topics they touch on and it that you know you know them they're always trying to sell products in it they're trying to sell life insurance they're trying to sell um all sorts of critical illness cover and stuff and you know what that is a decision for each couple you know I'm not one to say take out every form of insurance known to man Mm. take out what you think can cover you so if it's an unemployment Mm. uh insurance that you Mm. think you will need take that rather than critical illness it's down to you Mm. um but they all they overlap each other so life insurance Mm. critical illness accident cover um death in service all of those they overlap in some shape or form okay you just need to think about which one you want to take. But as you may probably know, when you take out any mortgage, you have to get life insurance. You have mm-hmm. to get life insurance. Like it's not if it's not a but, it's not a maybe. You have to get it um, because it's just on the basis of who will cover your mortgage if you were to kick the bucket. Okay. They're, they're worried about their money. Yeah, yeah. They want to make sure their investment is set, mate. Yeah. So even though you said that you didn't necessarily feel the 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 monies and stuff moving from house one to two did you notice uh, a step change in terms of fees and deposits and stamp duty mm. stamp duty is the one I really want to touch on because I don't know if yeah. when you were first buying did you have to pay stamp duty they've, no, they've kind I, of muddled no. around with this over the years as to it's whether you pay it how much da, 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 whatever yeah, yeah it's been one of those things that it depends when you jump on the bandwagon it could be in it could be out when I jumped initially with a shared ownership I didn't have to pay when I got the full mortgage I had to pay and like the the stamp duty I paid was like 15,000 pound mm-hmm. like just 15,000 pound there gun for for what like well, that's, that's, basically us. That's, that's basically us. We're like, okay, so if our magic number is 40, then you need to allow an extra 10, 12 yeah. and a half or yeah. 15,000 on top. And I'm like, Lord have mercy. Yeah, it's not that. I knew about that. I didn't go in there not knowing, but it's a fee that actually you don't even know. Like, stumped you up for what? It's, it's just a nonsense fee and it's something it's that they can never get rid of because they've made too much money yet for and they're dependent on future money on it it ain't going nowhere it's uh, not going nowhere so yeah. you've got that you've got obviously when you get your mortgage you look at the right the right APR on the mortgage so I think once you've done shared ownership and you know you can really account for somebody who's had credit and stuff the banks to you is a bit more favorable and you know, I got really good rates. So we're talking about like one, I'm on like one and a half percent, something like that, which is minimal. But girl, that's going to change. This Brexit is going to mash, mash shit up. Mash up the thing. Mash up the thing. <laughs> Boy, I'm telling you, things are about to change. Things are going back to 2009. I'm telling you. But I remember when my parents used to live in Tottenham and they couldn't move for years because 
the, the, the interest rates is the madness you mm. know um this was even before the financial crash oh yeah way before the financial crash but um they were in negative equity so they had Ooh. to just sit and ride it out yeah Ooh, that is the worst place to be so if anyone knows what negative if anyone doesn't know what negative equity is it's just basically your house being worth uh less <laughs> It's just that your house being worth less than what you bought it for, mate, and you're not making nada, if mm-hmm. anything, you owe them. And that's why um, I think, you know, as much as properties are still a very big topic of conversation and there's an appetite for it and it's always going to be, I think, something that grows in, you know, when we were growing up in it, you remember all those, you know, flip this house be a be a landlord buy to let buy this house then jump here changing rooms do this like property was viewed as an investment and while it still is an investment I still I think that in today's day and age you have to go into it thinking this is my home for now and for the future you know you can't see it as something you're only going to sit in for two years and then you flip it and make 50 grand like you need to see it as a home so buy it as a home (laughs) it's like it's like you need it matures isn't it you know when you put wine in a cupboard for x amount of years it matures and you know it's generally worth more money it tastes better that's how it is with property like from jumping from one thing to the next you're not really going to make decent money and you're right as also even though like maybe your parents property was the negative equity at that time it comes out of it you know it, it, it has to like these financial crashes don't last forever they come out they go back in it's every seven eight years whatever um but what you have to be mainly more aware of is that you know when you're buying these properties Know that if you've got a mortgage uh, product for, let's say, two years. So say uh, currently I'm on one, one and a half percent. My mortgage product, I think it's for like uh, another two years. I just renewed it. Say if in two years time we're in a financial crisis, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it jumps up to five percent. Let's say. The question is, Annette, can you afford five percent if it Mm -hmm. jumps up to that? Because five percent could be the difference of 500 an extra 500 quid a month and this is what i'm saying this is why you cannot when you're doing mortgage calculators and it's saying this is the max that we will borrow you don't look at houses in that price bracket you want to go for the max don't even don't even (laughs) be stupid (laughs) and when you use those mortgage calculators because i used to use them religiously before Mm. i bought the house i did a lot of research Mm. and i used to do i used to go up to like six percent uh-huh. Ah, to test yeah. it and see what the amount yeah. would be. Okay. And if I could still afford it. Mm. So I would never so even though it said, well, you know, current interest rates, you could get it for about three percent. I would double that and and look at can I afford it if it went up to six percent? And if it's a yes, then we we're good, we're gravy, we can do it. If it's a mm, no, we can't, don't do it, sis. Don't do it. Really, but, really, really. Yeah, because good, I'm telling advice, you, man. Yeah. The first mortgage I got on a shared ownership sis it was at seven percent seven percent unheard you and your lowly salary my low dirty salary but because the uh mortgage was like four five hundred pound it was uh, yeah it was small money offset but still a lot for you when you've been Uh, when you're when you're not used to paying them sums you're like huh this is it 
So if you're now used to paying a sum, so now you've got a mortgage and you're paying, I don't know, £1,300 a month and everyone's smiling, the moment they want to double it and your bank turns around and says, listen, it's a financial crisis, we've got to put it up to 6%, can you afford it? Because that's when people started losing their houses and they had to put their houses up on the market. The people, the bailiffs were coming in. You know, so it's all about that. So always check your rate and double it. And even I though like you think, that, that doesn't sound, that doesn't, that won't happen. You'll be that's what you think, mate. Shocked, mate. Especially and if you, imagine, and you're doing, you're on a fixed mortgage. Imagine yeah. if you were like variable, variable. that would come Ooh. and hit you straight away. Um, changing tax slightly because mm. I'm keen to extract as much information and knowledge out of you for my own personal gain as possible. You're I know. You. What about listeners? <laughs> And, you know, you know, by, by product, don't worry. Um, <laughs> I wanted to hear you talk about something you touched on in the last episode, which was uh, cutting costs and overpaying your mortgage. Mm, yeah, I think, you know, I watch a lot of programs, like all those property programs, and what I've picked up from them, oh, I can't remember what pro- program I used to watch. Anyway, I used to watch a program and, oh, yeah, it was something like, um, it was a program where it was named something like how to pay off your mortgage in like 10 years. It was something, you know, stretching like that, how to pay for your mortgage in 10 years. And what all these people that had paid off their mortgages in very relatively short times, obviously they were doing bloody um, rabbit life and eating, you know, <laughs> hay and stuff. Eating roadkill. <laughs> Eating roadkill and bringing it home and barbecuing <laughs> it with Jack Schools, obviously. <laughs> but then on top of it, the commonality was they were all overpaying on their mortgage. Yeah. So I was like, okay. And we're not talking big bucks, you know. We're talking like a couple of them was just like, you know, put extra 100, he put 50, I put 50. Or some of them were, you know, bumping it up quite a bit and, you know, was doing free 300 to 500 pound extra. Mm-hmm. Now, the limitations of that is with any mortgage product that you have, you can you can't pay you you can't pay too much into it. There's gonna be a cap. So yeah. if if you read your T's and C's with whatever mortgage you got, they will they will tell you. So they might say something like, you cannot overpay more than 20, 30 grand a year. But you know that okay, if that's 20, 30 grand, I can pay x amount a month and i'll be all right now how do you overpay your mortgage you literally just set up a separate direct debit to that mortgage company and i've often heard something before about you have to stipulate to them and make sure that it's clear that you're paying off whether you're paying off the principal rather than the sum rather than the interest is no no um (laughs) Because if you if you're if you're paying off your mortgage and it's not just an interest only mortgage, that's what you're paying. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So if you're on an interest only mortgage where you only pay off the interest, that I do not advise anybody unless you get into a serious financial situation mm-hmm. where you cannot afford mm-hmm. to pay the full amount. Don't mm-hmm. do an interest only pay off on your mortgage. It 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 it's just it's a trap. Like you're you're not actually paying off anything, are you? Yeah. Unless, as I said, something happens. You know, you're going through a messy divorce. I don't know. Yeah. You've lost your job. 
something like that but mm-hmm. just don't do it because you want extra money to go and buy gucci like <laughs> it doesn't make yeah, sense yeah. but use it you set up a separate direct debit mm-hmm. and you pay so even if it's like listen we can afford to pay an extra little hundred pound it's nothing 50 50 pounds each mm-hmm. and it both goes into there you don't really see the money yeah do you know how much that like we're talking over the about, years what it will take yeah, off. It, yeah so what we do is we overpay like an extra like um 200 pounds like 200 pounds is not much mm. but um from where the term was 25 years it's gone down to 21 amazing so we're we're talking about years Mm. years off of a mortgage just because you've put a bit of money aside and not bought whatever it is that you like you put a a bit of the fancies aside and the way we do it is if I if you know I say to my husband if I for example get another pay rise or get another good job I'm gonna put a little bit more every time I get some sort of financial gain Mm -hmm. I'm going to use some of that financial gain to put towards the mortgage. And the same way, if he gets a financial gain, he will put it towards. If I get a bonus, I'm going to put a little bit towards that. That's you know? really, really, really good. That's really disciplined of you because it's so easy to get that lifestyle inflation that comes with a pay rise or something else. And all of a sudden, yeah. you're no longer, you're not seeing the extra, you know, 150, 200 pounds yeah, a month yeah. because you've just absorbed it into your rubbish. everyday life yeah rubbish and that's what it is you absorb it into rubbish because you was all right you was living when you didn't have it so you just... I often think that oh. you know on a side tangent do you remember when we used to work for like four and five pound an hour and we'd work like weekends or however many hours and like end of the month you might get I don't know 400 pounds and somehow that used to see us through but this is how the world works like we assume that we need the money you know where we where you used to say back in the day oh if I was earning blah blah be baited now you're earning that type of money you're still not baiting because you found ways to use that money yeah Yeah. and so if you know you know it's the same as you know tax ni and all of that because you never seen the money it's not your money is it because it's going somewhere you have to you know you're saying is you've got to pay yourself However yeah. you're doing it, I'm paying myself. But if I put extra money into my mortgage, I'm paying myself because you're actually, paying yourself. I'm getting yeah. years back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really, I'm getting really years back. So, yeah, I think, you know, it's not for everybody. Not everyone could potentially afford it. But, you know, you might have some little funds here and there. And, you know, even if it's a year off of your mortgage, is it, is it, it's worth it, right? think so that year will make a difference man we're talking retirement and enjoying life come on we're talking about enjoying life and the thing is we talk we, we think about enjoying life in the here and the now um ah uh, speak yeah speak facts si- speak sister speak facts mate <laughs> what? we're talking about here and now and it's nice to enjoy life it's nice to do all the stuff but you know do your little thing behind closed doors because when everyone's starting to get their house and getting their mortgage at 40 you could have paid it off if you really thought about the here and now. Yeah, that's like for me, even when I'm using the mortgage calculators, I'm like, I'm very, I'm I'm thinking very carefully about, okay, what time do you want to retire? And I don't want to be paying this amount over X age. So 
I'm only I'm not even though the calculator now goes into 35 years and plus 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 mm-hmm. no I don't want it I don't want it because to be honest perfectly honest with you it, I feel like it would be really nice if the last year or two I'm working I'm not paying no mortgage and I'm just able to either put that money towards something or you know almost give myself a, a boost and a rest period if I decide to work during those last couple of years it's, it's just giving yourself options and a little bit of freedom and flexibility yeah and if and, and if you can start now why not you know yeah and if you you're blessed in that sense to be able to start getting a property and or start off on that ladder just think just think a little bit think outside the box because everybody on the your road who's bought houses or whatever is paying mortgage right but not everybody's overpaying mortgage it's a very it's a very small number of people that do that um because they get comfortable yeah and they get used to what's going out and what's classed as theirs after so yeah yeah yeah, exactly Mm -hmm. oh no I've really really enjoyed this conversation (sighs) I've taken a lot from it yeah I've enjoyed all of these conversations to be honest with you and I think from the feedback we've had I think everybody else has as well so um I hope you've enjoyed our very deep dive into the money series Mm. um we hope it's been of benefit to you we hope it's inspired you in some way um we'd love to hear any feedback or any questions that you've still got on it um because as we know it's a it's an ongoing journey all of this um so if there were any questions or anything that you had or any comments then you can feel free to email us at the 330thrive at gmail.com or our dms are open at the 30 thrive on instagram as well um annette i don't know if you had anything to to add any final thoughts like a jerry springer moment (laughs) so my final thoughts well how did jerry used to do it again i even totally forgot he just used to sit on one stool and then chat and be like take care of yourself and and each other (laughs) (laughs) that's how party was actually so guys take care of yourself and each other but um, in terms also take of care of your bank balance. <laughs> take care of it because hmm. So just a few like resources maybe that you guys want to maybe tap into. Um, if you're just figuring out salary wise what you can afford, mm-hmm. um, like I used to use uh, a lot of Martin Money stuff. Uh-huh. So his website for me is a gem absolute gem go on his website he's got a lot of the affordability calculators um as i said be generous with the apr percentages don't don't just look at the you know what the current um interest rates are and stuff um also um there was a site that i used when i did shared ownership and it was meant to be it might have changed it might not even be there anymore but i guess you a lot will tell me but it was used for like if you're a graduate and you're looking to buy a property um and i think it was called i think it's called like share share to buy that's, that's what i was, what was waiting for and it does still hey. exist because i get their emails all the time yes hey <laughs> we like it yeah share to buy um and you can just there, there's a lot of properties on there on the on the shared ownership scheme thing and it also gives very um clear advice layman's terms advice about next steps and i've i found them invaluable like honestly i don't think i would have got a shared ownership property if it wasn't for them because they really like just did a 
dummy dive through what I needed to do. And it can just be a perspective chat that you can have with them. If you, even if you're not thinking of anything too soon, hit them up. So those, those, those are my two that I would say at the moment that I, I think are really useful. Amazing. Thank you very much for finishing up and giving us those resources in it. And until next time, guys, keep thriving and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.